Welcome to the third Queen's Management School Good Business podcast. My name is Laura Steele and I'm a lecturer in business and society within the school. The aim of the podcast is to go beyond the bottom line and examine the ethical, social and environmental responsibilities of businesses. And in this episode, we'll be focusing on the topic of sustainability. Perhaps like me, when you think about sustainability, high profile headline grabbing issues such as fast fashion, food waste or the devastation caused by plastic pollution within our oceans are the concerns that immediately come to mind. But as you settle down of an evening to catch up with your favourite TV show, have you ever wondered about what impact it might be having on the environment? Well, my guest today certainly has. Jeremy Matthew, Sustainability Advisor for the BBC and International Manager at the BAFTA Albert Consortium. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Laura. I'm very happy to be here. Well, firstly, for anybody who's unfamiliar, what or who is Albert? Albert, oh, that's a really good question. Um, so Albert started off as a tool, uh, as a sort of carbon calculator, uh, about eight years ago. Um, that was designed by the BBC to help programme makers um, calculate the impact, uh, the, the carbon impact, uh, if you want, the, the amount of emissions embedded within the making of a TV program. That was eight years ago. Since then, it's really grown and developed. And nowadays, Albert is a, a collaborative project across the broadcasting and production industry in the UK. Uh, so that's, um, it's a project that brings together um, some of the major broadcasters, BBC, Sky, ITV, Channel 4, UK TV, as well as some of the major producers uh, within the UK. So, you know, uh, I'm not going to rename all of them, but, you know, all three media, uh, Warner Brothers, TV, um, uh, and The More Shine, some of the biggest names in TV production are all uh, part of this uh, collaborative project. It's hosted at BAFTA, which is a sort of neutral body within the, the TV industry uh, over there. And the very aim of Albert is to uh, tackle the impact of the production process and to help content makers to engage audiences on the topic. That's the two aims, you know, transforming the industry so that it becomes a force for sustainability. The, the very ethos of Albert is all about collaboration. So it's a not-for-profit project and the, all the members uh, contribute financially. Uh, every year, they, they put a little bit of money in, a, in the pot. That gives us a budget. With a budget, we have a, a few people working full-time, a few people working on a specific project, and that enables us to provide a whole range of um, tools and resources and projects that help to drive progress uh, across the TV industry in the UK and internationally nowadays. It really must be a reflection of the way sustainability is viewed within the industry that you've got these organisations that would be in many respects competitors coming together to work on the Albert initiative. Absolutely. This been, you know, collaboration has been the reason we've been, been able to be so successful. You know, you can't, um, you know, every, uh, some, an example I always give, like, you know, the, the contributions that each of the members put into the Albert part, you know, gets them a lot more returns that uh, if they were to spend that money, you know, within their, their own operation. So you know, just having that collaboration, um, the, it's not just the, the financial sort of resources, obviously, by having all those members um, taking a stake in the project, you know, we, they, they are part of developing the strategy as well and developing the, the ongoing actions that we put in place. So every quarter we have uh, sort of consortium meetings where all of the members, uh, representatives from all the members come together and we all sit at the table, we update on progress, we discuss further action and the, the industry has a voice uh, within the Albert project and you know they're the first adopters of you know some of the actions that we put in place and it's very much working by the industry for the industry if you want and you know all on the sort of non-profit banner just to, to drive positive change. And how could I tell if a production was Albert certified? Um, <laughs> um, absolutely uh, that's a good question uh, we have a number of tools the first sort of tools that we have is a carbon calculator 
that helps us to measure how much, um, the, the, sorry, the carbon footprint of a production. Now, carbon footprinting is now mandatory for all the commissions from all the major broadcasters. So whether if you're produ producers and you're making a program for uh, BBC, Sky, ITV, Channel 4, UK TV, you have to submit a, a carbon footprint at the end, otherwise wow. you don't get your final payment. So it's become, it's a way, you know, all that collaborative process has enabled us to, to change the policy, if you want, you know, internal policy within uh, the industry and the, and the contractual requirement. So you can, if you watch a program, you know that the program has delivered a carbon footprint. Now, that was the first tool that we have, a carbon calculator. The second tool that we have developed is a certification process. Certification uh, process is a guided approach, is a, you know, a set of questions that sort of tell you how to make your programs in a sustainable way. And we've developed those guidelines because rather than trying to reinvent the wheel every time you do a new program, you know, we're trying to have a standard that works across any production, across all broadcasters, so that everybody can speak the same language. And this is called the Albert uh, Sustainable Production Certification. And when the program achieves it, they put a logo on the end credit. And you might so see some of those on your favorite TV oh. shows. Um, and that sort of signals to uh, the viewers and to the rest of the industry that uh, that program has undergone the certification and has achieved um, you know at least a, a satisfactory rating so it's a way for us to to make that visible you know in, in sustainability you want to um, you want to be able to notice the you know the, the people or the, the products or the, uh, the the businesses doing better and you know trying uh, to, to achieve a better um, better environmental performance so that's our way of making that visible and to uh, to reward those productions that are doing better so we, we've done about sort of I think 300, 350 productions so far over the last couple of years. So it's something that's really gaining ground. And what sort of productions? Can you name any that people might be familiar with? Um, you might have heard about Strictly Condensing. I've, I've heard East, of it. I've heard East, it's quite yeah. it's quite popular. EastEnders, Coronation <laughs> Street, Emmerdale. It's um, really high profile. Done, really high done, profile. Yeah, the one show. We've done like all kinds of... Uh, productions from all genres and that's kind of the key point you know anything from Blue Peter from the you know the, the kids shows all the way to uh, the World Cup or Wimbledon from the sport all the way to some major dramas you know soaps but also like you know high profile drama you know Paul Dark for example or some of those titles all the way to factual titles um, you know entertainment um, comedy there's all kinds of um, TV type um, TV types of you know, programs uh, that are uh, getting on board because that's the thing. There are opportunities across all types of genres. And the, the idea with the certification is to enable any genres to, um, or any type of production to, to do what they can. And it seems like if you start looking for that Albert certification on productions, you'll see it come up again and again. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we joke a little bit because the... No one actually watches the credits, do they? It's mostly the people within the industry that watch the credits. So uh, it's you know to start with, it's a way for for people within the industry to signal to others that oh we're doing it. But actually, more and more as the audience you know learns about it, you know checks, uh, we're hoping that has a bit of a snowball effect that you know people watching at home like expect their favorite shows to to do the, the certification. I think that'd be a good uh, a good success. And it sounds like it's not just been a policy change, but it's actually been a real culture change within the industry. Absolutely. The the very first success from having the calculator, and I'm going back a few years here, um, the, the calculator, has enabled, calculator has enabled us to do two things. First is to get, gather some data. You know, as you know, within sustainability, you need to measure your impact. If you don't measure, you don't really know what sort of impact you have and you don't really know how to take action. So the first impact was to um, to measure, to give us some data. And we can have now data across the industry, 
specific genres and all that stuff. The second impact from the calculator was to start the conversation. You know, for the first time, production managers or people we know who were involved in the making of the program had to ask questions around energy use, around the amount of travel that we do. You know, questions that no one's ever asked before. No, no one had ever gone to their studio manager and asked, so how much energy have we used for that production? Now, by starting this conversation, at first it was a bit of like, why do I need to ask all this stuff? <laughs> you know, it's a change in practice. But now it's become common practice. It's taken a little while, but it's becoming more and more common practice. And studio managers and studio facilities are now, you know, much more um, likely to provide that information. And by making all of this visible, you know, it becomes more uh, easier to manage. And also the, the Albert footprint started to be discussed at production meetings quite early on. And then you have your early adopters who are much more likely to, to want to act on that footprint. And then they start to put uh, solutions in place. By bringing the certification standard on top, you add a level of, um, of competition almost. You add a level of, uh, yeah, okay, my... My show that we do that kind of a competition has got a certification where we want it and we want to make a bigger score than them. Or, you know, you do a returning series. We had a certification last time, but actually, can we go even further? So it's really helped to change the, the, the culture by providing tangible solutions. I think that's one of the key points. You know, the, the, the guidance in the certification is pretty Obviously, straightforward, as in like, it's easy to understand, it's easy to follow, and it's easy to put in place. And, and by doing that, you help people just you know, get on board. You want to l remove the barriers of, uh, of access because ultimately we're trying to change the whole industry. So we're talking about hundreds of production companies, you know, thousands of productions every year. This is quite a lot. You know, it cannot be managed uh, or it cannot be controlled you know, in a very sort of tight manner. We need to like, provide the structure in place and then enable people to, uh, to make the, the journey themselves. Whenever you go out to somebody who is new to the concept of sustainability, how do you describe it to them? So obviously sustainability is quite a broad concept and has you know different elements to it. We tend to focus in our in our industry mostly on the environmental side of things, and and even within the environmental sort of um, spectrum, we tend to focus a lot on climate change, because for our industry this is the biggest impact that we have. You know, we, this is what we want to tackle most. So um, I need I do tend to um, help people understand the, the the range of impact that we have, the range of ways we can generate emissions. Um, for example, you know, again, having data is very useful. From using the calculator over the last few years, we know that the average hour of TV production uh, generates about 13 tons of carbon or CO2 you know, equivalent. Goodness. So this is like the production of one hour. Uh, and you know, people don't really have the language, you know, don't really know what it means. So I always follow it up with you know, the average home in the UK um, generates about 4.5 tons of CO2 per year just for gas and electricity. So on average, the production one hour of TV is the same CO2 as running a house in the UK for three years or running three houses for a year. So when people start to understand that, they say, well, okay, yeah, we do have an impact and we do you know, have a responsibility to take some action there. So that's what I mean by, you know, by, uh, that's how I try to engage people on sustainability, understanding that, okay, we do have uh, a significant impact. You know, obviously, there's a lot more visible impact in, in terms of waste, in terms of the, you know, the disposables that we use and, and the, you know, some of the sets that we build or some of the, the materials that we use. Um, but then it's about sort of trying to, to connect it to the, some of those big picture uh, problems. And you spent over a decade in television production yourself. Do you think that helps you? in terms of communicating with those who work in the industry currently? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I was a uh, TV producer for 10 years. Um, I worked mostly in sports. I did anything from you know, documentaries to studio to live broadcast to all kinds of different types of, 
of, of ways of making TV. Um, and then I left uh, that world and I did a master's in sustainability in a business school in London. I did all kinds of other studies around uh, environmental management and then sort of found my way back into the world of TV, but, but you know, starting as a sustainability advisor for the, for the BBC. And of course, yeah, you know, that's the reason I'm, I got a job and I'm here. It's like, you know, I can't speak the language. And, you know, I've never worked on drama, for example, and never worked on some of the other genres, but the, the culture is, is very, you know, very similar. So being able, to, um, being able to, to translate the big sort of sustainability concepts into a language that your audience will understand, I think is kind of key to, uh, to, to implementing sustainability action. If you come as in, uh, at, uh, at a problem as an outsider and you don't really know the challenges that people are under, you don't really know, um, you know where the biggest sort of stresses are within their, uh, their day-to-day, um, they're more likely to push back. I would say, and so being able to relate, being able to understand where they're coming from, being understand, being able to understand the opportunities, um, you know, the big wins, and also the you know the, the, the smaller things that can be done. Um, I think that has a massive impact. Absolutely, it must just give you that degree of legitimacy that somebody who doesn't have experience in the industry wouldn't have. What are those? And by the way, sorry, um, the most of the everyone within the Albert team has both a sort of. TV background or film and TV background and sustainability sort of knowledge. You know, this is kind of, um, I mean, this is the ideal scenario for us to be able to work with people who can straddle those both words, you know, can talk to the industry with the sustainability knowledge or can combine with the sustainability um, experience uh, with a knowledge of, of the industry, basically. So you know, this is quite important for, for Albert to be able to, to do that. Absolutely, an awareness of the particular challenges that they face, and what have you identified as the the hurdles that are to be overcome within TV production in terms of sustainability? Um, well, the the way I always start the conversation when I do sit down with the production, you know, whatever type of production it is, and, and try to help them to reduce their impact and become more sustainable, I always mention these three main buckets. You know, uh, and within those buckets, there are going to be all, a lot of uh, different types of of impact. It's uh, energy transport and materials. That's kind of the, the three places to start. Within energy, um, we still use a lot of diesel generators. You know, a lot of the uh, outside broadcast, a lot of the uh, sort of uh, on-location filming uses diesel generators. That's kind of still the only way at the moment we can have the kind of power, the kind of flexibility and resilience that, that's required. So that's kind of a big issue. And um, it's a... Um, I would say it's a, it's a technological issue as well as a uh, sort of um, um, commercial issue because sometimes the you know you, you have to have the, the resilience required you know contractually uh, to, to make sure your power supply is continuous. Uh, within the transport field, that's probably like some of the biggest issue we have. You know, they, we still don't have zero carbon planes, and making TV programs requires a lot of flying, and so you know you cannot really achieve full-on reduction as long as you're flying. So, you know, what do we do about that? You know, trying to reduce and all that stuff. And also, like, we, depending on the type of, of productions, we, we do use a lot of trucks and we do travel a lot. Uh, for example, of the, again, the drama or the outside broadcast territories have a lot of um, trucks, you know, whether it's your satellite trucks or whether it's your, you know, light truck or all kinds of, of trucks. So um, that has a, a big impact as well. We don't have currently on the market, the kind of you know, low-carbon options to, to replace those. Um, so that's kind of all of the uh, operational aspect. Um, above and beyond all of that, the biggest impact, the biggest challenge we have is around what goes on screen. 
and how we portray sustainability or how we portray the challenges of sustainability on screen. And this is where we've done a lot of work over the last year and there's plenty more coming in the in the coming month um, to try to help program makers so not just on the production side but on the editorial side um, trying to help program makers better understand the opportunities that they have again there is a range of opportunity across the whole spectrum of output from you know um, normalizing um, sustainable behavior in dramas for example you know can you have characters in drama who are walking around with a reusable bottle or you know that are cycling rather than taking a car all these kind of small behavior changes all the way to how we engage the, with the topic in sort of factual programming and how you know can we have a food program that reference the, the sustainability of the food can we have like uh, you know um, home improvement or, or DIY type programs that you know that reference the, um, the the energy savings from you know the, doing the, the kind of work that we're talking about so that's a lot of the work that we do now how can we help uh, commissioning editors scriptwriters? Um, producers to better understand um, both the scale of the challenge, you know, to be authentic in how we represent the scale of the challenge, uh, but also, uh, you know, the opportunities to engage audiences in this new way. Because the audiences are changing their behavior slowly. We don't want TV to be falling behind. We want to be um, able to, you know, to, to mirror that those changes in society. So it sounds like it's not just what goes on behind the screen in terms of the productions, it's also what we actually see in the type of message you're attempting to convey in terms of sustainable behaviour and easy choices that people can make in regard to improving um, their sustainability and their carbon output, for example. In terms of driving the sustainability agenda on a production, who do you think needs to do that in order for it to be successful? Well, everyone is <laughs> the simple answer. Um, I think... You know the it's about you know the, the obviously the, the the easy answer is you know the the higher up the food chain the, the you know the the more sort of widespread the impact will be. I would say even more important than that is like considering it early on. You know the earlier you can consider it in a project, you know at the point of commissioning or at the point of starting a project, the more you can uh, put in place the you know have a sustainability mindset at the start. Um, the more likely you are to succeed in, in reducing your impact. Obviously, if you have whether, you know, the drive, what is the support of, you know, a producer, an executive producer, someone very high up on the food chain who can sort of say, okay, this is the way we're doing it and everybody falls in line, um, that also will make a, you know, a significant impact. Um, and also, the, you know, the... the in production, you have, you know, in sort of production, you have your, the production side as well as the editorial side, and it, they work closely together. If it stays contained only within the production side, um, you're going to miss out on some of the opportunities because they're going to be limited to, to, to what they need to do. Um, I think to, to bring it back to a, you know, to bring back on, again, this idea of like what goes on screen and to bring it back to some of the sustainability concepts, if you want, or, or sort of models around uh, how we, um, what we're seeing, the trends in sustainability in business, you know, happening. Um, we're clearly moving, at, I think, at the moment to away from just your pure sort of CSR type departments or, you know, or approach, mm -hmm. which is just like, okay, let's, let's do a bit of responsibility on the side. And, you know, it's nothing wrong with CSR, but like, you know, if it doesn't sort of challenge the core business, it can always going to be sort of quite siloed and, and, and limited. We're seeing more and much more like integrated sort of strategies at the moment, I think. Um, and a lot of corporates are, are doing that really well in trying to you know, have sustainability responsibility at the top of the organization that sort of transpires across the whole organization. Um, but ultimately, the, the, you know, if we are to 
tackle the challenges that we need to tackle. And again, I always like to, every time I'm in front of a microphone, in front of an audience, or in front of an audience, I always like to remind ourselves that what we are dealing with in terms of climate change is we need to head towards a society that has zero net emissions within a generation. You know, if we are to avoid the worst impacts of the warming, so you know, by 2050 at the very latest, we need to imagine the whole world functioning without emissions, without carbon emissions. That's a massive challenge. You know, we need to halve them within the next 10 years. That's a massive challenge we need to face if we are to limit the the, the further warming. To do that, you're not going you're not going to achieve that just by uh, looking at the fringes of your operations and trying to, you know, cut down a little bit here and there. I think more and more we are seeing businesses look at their, their core business. You know, what is, it, what is it that they are offering? You know, what, what's their the, the core value, you know, that they bring to the, to the market? And how can that contribute to a sustainable world, you know, to a, to a zero carbon sustainable world? I think as long as you're, you know, if you're, if you're in a process in, a, in, a, in an industry that has, you know, fundamentally high carbon product or service we need to like, ask yourself like how how much csr is it going to take to you know to to reduce the that overall impact it's not uh, it's so anyway we looked at all that and the for us obviously in the tv industry the impact the, the core of the tv industry is telling stories it's about sort of putting content on screen that will engage audiences now you know we cannot limit ourselves just to the um just to you know, cutting the impacts of production, we need to look at the core of our, uh, our product as well, and that is looking at the, the the story and stuff like that. And to answer to your question, you know, to do that, you need to have everyone involved across the, the edit- editorial chain as well. So you know, from commissioning editors all the way up, you know, being more um, involved and, and informed on the topic, all the way down to producers, all the way down to like the production team. So that's kind of what we're working uh, working towards with Albert, trying to get everybody across the food chain of the of the TV industry to be much more aware of the challenges and the opportunities to 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 change. So everybody has a role to play in terms of sustainability. One of the things that really stood out for me that you said there was about thinking about sustainability early. And it made me think of the difference between building a new house or purchasing one that's maybe been standing for around 100 years. If you build a new house, you can quite easily um, sort of identify areas that you can improve the sustainability of it, the energy efficiency um, and so forth. But if you purchase that older property that's maybe a little bit run down, maybe the you know, gaps in the windows and the heating system isn't particularly effective, it's just going to be a much bigger challenge in terms of making it sustainable and energy efficient. So I certainly think from a business perspective, trying to think if you're bringing out a new product, a new service, service, trying to think about that sustainability aspect right from the start should hopefully make the challenge um, much less significant going forward. So certainly I think there's a lot of transferable lessons and um, obviously there's unique uh, challenges within the, the television production industry, but actually there's probably a lot that we can learn from it from an organisational level, but also in terms of individuals um, like you and me. So in terms of what you've learned through your work in Albert, is there anything you think that we could apply at home or within the workplace? Um, absolutely. I think there's, um, there's, well, there's a lot of like practical things, you know, around obviously cutting down your own impact, um, and doing your, the best you can there. Um, but I think a bit more profoundly than that, when, you know, the more you learn about the topic and the more you learn about the, the scale of the challenge and, you know, everything that we need to achieve, um, it's easy, I think, to feel a bit dispirited because it feels sometimes like, you know, a massive challenge. And, and, you know, I think cultivating the, you know, the, 
the hope and the and the, and the thing, you know, connecting ourselves to the solutions and, and you know, cultivating the idea that we can make a big difference by continuously you know, doing our best um, and having the, uh, the, um, the agency or the, uh, the empowerment to feel like we can make a difference and, and, and continue to do everything that we can um, to grow uh, momentum around us as well. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not just about, oh, you know, doing my little bit by myself and, um, and feeling a bit sad or, or, or worried that, you know, there's not much, uh, much more happening. But by leading by example, by, you know, telling people, um, you know, why we do what we do in terms of, you know, the lifestyle choices that we make, you know, cutting down the amount of meat we eat, um, you know, switching to renewable tariffs for our home, all this kind of stuff. The more we can share with others what we do and how we do it, um, I think the you know the more likely people are to follow and to think like, well, actually, I also care about these things, um, and I'm going to you know look into what it means for me. So you know, being proud about doing the right changes, the right things, and 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 communicating it with. Uh, with sort of passion and sort of um, authenticity, um, I think it's something that you know that will help solutions snowball into uh, into much bigger solutions. I think as well, realizing that for most of us, it's going to be an ongoing process and one that we're not going to get perfectly from the start. So obviously, um, sustainability um, forms part of my role within the university. And as Jeremy can currently see, I'm sitting sipping out of a single-use plastic water bottle, which I am genuinely embarrassed about but for me that was about a lack of forward planning Um, I forgot to lift my reusable water bottle out of the office on my way down here I was thirsty and I had to stop and buy this so I think for me I think planning is a big issue and really thinking okay what am I going to need to have with me today and we were talking just before we recorded the podcast about um, for example plastic cutlery and and the fact that you can very easily get into the habit of using sort of several pieces of plastic cutlery maybe even more within a week and so I'm going to certainly be looking at my um, own behaviour in regard to sustainability and I'd say I would really recommend that anybody checks out the We Are Albert uh, website because there's huge lists of quite practical simple things that any of us even within our own homes can do so I'll certainly be reviewing that and thinking about things that I could do um, you know even just on a daily basis that'll make a small difference and as you say help us avoid that sense of, um, of disillusion and disappointment that we're not necessarily bringing about significant change certainly within the time frame that we might want to. So just bringing the podcast to a close I'm going to ask you the question that I ask of every guest and that is what do you think it means to be a good business today whether that's generally speaking or in regard to sustainability? Well again that's like an interesting trend we're seeing more and more um, um, in terms of the language that business use uh, in, in the world of sustainability and I felt really um, I feel a lot of like um, sort of enthusiasm in in saying more and more business moving away from just talking about doing a bit less bad, but actually talking about being regenerative or restorative. You know, I think this is like a, a change in in vocabulary that business have been using. I think over the last few years, um, but I really really like that. I feel really uh, heartened by that because um, this business is you know looking at how can we change, how can we think strategically, and how can we uh, redesign our business models, our, our way of being in the world, the way we bring sort of uh, value and services in, in, uh, to, to customers in a way that improves the natural environment. I think this is a change in mindset just to think that it's possible to do that, you know. But I think this is, for me, 
this is the way we need to be moving and this is what good good business is like and is moving towards you know anything from the circular economy moving really thinking about what that means for how that business is going to be successful in the future, like now and in the future, looking at examples from, you know, obviously the usual examples like, you know, Interface and IKEA and, you know, some of the other, uh, Lush is a really good example that I've come across at the moment. Um, how can we, as a business, improve the natural environment whilst being successful? So that the more successful we are as a business, the more the natural environment is better off. Yeah. Um, so it's the, for me, that's the kind of creative thinking we need. And then how do we make that a reality? That's what I like seeing uh, in business nowadays. How can we have a positive environmental impact? You know, through our, you know, by looking at our supply chain, by looking at how we design our, our products and the end of life and all this kind of stuff. How can we improve, you know, how can we draw down carbon from the atmosphere as a result of our, success, of our business being successful? That's kind of a, taking it to a different level. But if we are to hit those massive targets that we have in front of us in terms of rapid decarbonization, rapid, you know, cutting down the amount of waste that we generate, cutting down the amount of natural resources we generate, we need to start thinking at that level. How can we better learn from the way the natural environment works so that we can fit our business and our value proposition and everything about, you know, what makes our business successful, how can we better fit with the natural envi environment so that by being successful, our business makes the environment better? I think that's what I consider a good business. And we have a role to play as consumers to demand that businesses live up to those ideals and that they are conscious of their sustainability um, responsibilities. And certainly I, going forward, will watch the end of the credits just to see if they've got Albert certification. Absolutely. I think, and just to, to, to build up on that, we definitely have a role to play as consumers. Uh, but I would, I always sort of mention, I do a lot of training courses on, on this topic, and I would always mention that an individual is absolutely a consumer but it's also a citizen we do have a role to play in the community you know that there are representative whether at a local level or, or national level um will listen have to listen to us and also we are all um employees or, or entrepreneurs or you know or, or people you know have jobs so i always invite people to think about what they can do in their lifestyle, you know, in the choices that they make as consumers, as citizens and as employees. Like all of those part of us have a role to play. We are all stakeholders in planet Earth and those of us with a voice need to use it responsibly. Thank you so much, Jeremy. It's been an absolute pleasure. I better go and find somewhere to recycle this plastic bottle. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Ara. My pleasure. 